So the divide between the US and Europe isn't so great after all. In the PMI numbers, Europe did somewhat better than expected. The US a little worse than expected. Plus, Joe Biden's attempt to constrain the price of oil hasn't worked. He's confirmed he's dipping into reserves coordinated with other big consumers and the price has shot up. I'm sure that is not what he expected. And the RBN said today, quarter percent or half a percent, maybe it doesn't really matter. It's what they're aiming for that counts. It's Wednesday, the 24th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not a great session for share investors in the US or Europe. Whilst the Dow has managed to claw back a slight gain, uh, there's a 0.4% fall in the S&P 500, a 1.4% drop in the Nasdaq, and the Eurostox 50 is down one and a quarter percent as well. We've seen a slight fall in the US dollar today with a 0.1% rise in the euro. It's a bit higher than that earlier. The pound has lost 0.2%. The Aussie has lost 0.1%. Bond yields rising again. Uh, three basis points up for 10-year Treasury yields, much more in Europe, uh, eight basis points uh, for 10-year bonds, gilts up six, nine in France, 10 in Spain, 11 basis points for 10 years in Italy, and oil is shooting up, over 3% up for Brent, 2.3% for WTI, with silver down more than 3.5%, gold down 1%, staying close to 5% down, actually, since the middle of last week. Uh, but look, it is very much Europe in focus this morning. Here's David DeGarrett and oil, which we'll come to, but here's David DeGarrett from NAB in London. Uh, those PMIs for, you, Phil, for Europe. Good morning. Good morning. PMIs not too shabby, are they, in Europe? Here we were saying yesterday yes. it's going to be very telling. Are we going to see a, a widening gap between the, yes. the, the US and Europe? No, it looks like we've got a narrowing gap between the US well, and Europe. Well, well, clearly that was the way the market was positioned, wasn't it, going into these numbers? Mm. You know, the rising US dollar, the markets wanted to own dollars. Uh, and you've had rising Delta concerns, you know, with a lockdown in Austria and restrictions elsewhere in Europe. So the market was sort of, I think, looking for confirmation in those numbers today. And the first print we had this morning was the French PMIs and uh, the composite index there was um, up, um, you know, one and a half points when the market was expecting it to be down by a point. So from 54.7 to 56.3, and that was followed by, the composite index for, for Germany from 52 up to 52.8. Um, and um, so the manufacturing sector in Germany is holding up better than expected uh, and services was unchanged. So um, those, were, those were quite encouraging. We did see a bit of a short squeeze higher in the euro on the back of that, Phil, but it almost turned around as quickly as it started, so it really didn't last for any length of time during the trading session today. So, as as you said, uh, US yields are still up. Uh, the market wants to hold dollars. Uh, the market is is set for some sort of quickening of the taper and bring forward rate rise expectations, even though we have uh, grave doubts about whether that's actually going to happen. Well, look, the the services PMI for the US actually fell, didn't it? So it was all good news in Europe, and it wasn't staggering news for, for, Indeed. The, for the US. It was quite a bit below expectations. On top of that, we had the Richmond Indeed. Fed Manufacturing Index, which under, underperformed on expectations as well. So two bits of bad news from the, the state side. Yes, yes. So if you take just a purely clinical look at the numbers, you would have expected um, you know, the relative interest rate story to be negative as far as the US dollar is concerned. Mm. Um, but still, you know, we've had such big moves this month, haven't we? I mean, the US two-year yield is up 11 basis points so far this month, and the two-year German Bund yield is down 14 basis points so far this month. So it's a big change in the spread, but today's numbers certainly didn't support that view. Now, you could say, 
well, maybe, you know, the Delta strains are not yet in the European numbers. Maybe they'll show up next month. But, um, you know, the, the surveys did note that tourism-related spending was affected by uh, infection numbers and so forth. And maybe it's just that economies and people are better at adapting to the, uh, you know, the restrictions than has hitherto been the case. Well, they are always backward-looking numbers, aren't they? And I guess the number to to look at is those COVID numbers because the cases, I mean, if you look in Germany, they really have shot up. Uh, The number of fatalities are low, but they are rising and they are higher than they were this time last year. And, of course, we know where that took us. So uh, they really did start to take off after that. So that would be a concern if we saw that again. Uh, But, of course, we've got the jabs this year. But the World Health Organization is saying daily fatalities in Europe approached 4,200 last week, which is double the level at the end of September. And you've got Germany's health minister. How grim is this? Saying by the end of winter, you will have either recovered from the virus, been vaccinated, or you'll be dead, basically. He doesn't see you getting through this winter unvaccinated and not getting it. Uh, So that is grim, isn't it? But anyway, we'll watch those numbers, uh, those numbers carefully. Where is the market right now then? Is it confident? Is it concerned? Is it unsure? Because, you know, we've seen a bit of a move away from treasuries, away from the US dollar. And I mentioned, you know, precious metals like gold and silver. So it's like there's a preparedness to take risks. But then if you look at equities, not so. They're, they're, They're down today. So it's mixed signals, isn't it? It is mixed signals. I mean, no, the equity story, for once, doesn't like the rising yield story, mm. even at the front end of the curve, which been which has been going on for a little while now. So, I mean, sometimes these do these things do happen with stops and starts. We may be seeing a little bit of that right now, but um, and the market doesn't want to ditch the long dollar. I mean, look at where the DXY is right now. It's, it's closer to ninety seven. So. What you know, two to four weeks ago, we were talking about a range of ninety three to ninety five on the DXY. We're near the top of it, you know, the ninety five to ninety seven range now. Mm. So um, the market hasn't ditched that view, and what we're seeing with the likes of gold and silver is certainly consistent with rising bond yields and a, and a stronger dollar as well. But against that, you've got um, you know news. I think you were talking about with Ray yesterday about China re-stimulating their economy. You know, iron ore you know, pretty close to $100 a tonne again. Um, Hasn't helped the Aussie a lot today, which is just above 72 cents as we speak right now, 72.16. We have had a little bit of uh, emerging market news today. So the Turkish lira has come in for um, Mm. down another 10%. It was down 17% at one one stage today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you've had uh, Erdogan coming out and defending the low rate policy with strong political language. Um, it, it seems to have stabilised for now and uh, currencies like the Mexican peso are a bit weaker, perhaps on the back of that. And of course, uh, Aussie seems to pick up a little bit of that as well. So, um, you know, from a, from a risk point of view. So it's, it's a rather unsettled market, but I'd say a market that's still likes dollars but Mm. um, we'll see how things play out yeah and we'll see how the rbnz plays out today they're almost certainly going to lift up interest rates the question is by how much there's uh i think it's about a 40 percent chance that they're going to raise them by half a percent anyway it doesn't really matter whether it's a quarter percent or half percent does it really because it's really the the end game i mean if it's a if it's a quarter percent then they're going to raise them uh, more next year if it's half a percent maybe they'll do it a bit slower next year it's where they get to at the end of next year that really counts exactly well i think economists would say phil that over time it's the level of interest rate matters, not necessarily the speed with which you get there. But we know that the announcement effects of these things uh, can affect, you know, levels of rates priced into the curve. So 
Uh, and the and the narrative from the RBNZ from uh, Christian Hawksby has been that you know they'll do it in careful managed steps. So the market's richly priced for twenty five basis points and hasn't priced in fifty, but richly priced for twenty five. Uh, just checking the, the Bloomberg survey of economists there. I think twenty three of twenty five expect. Uh, 25 basis points. So as you said, I'll be looking at the rate track from the RBNZ. Something like 2% seems to be expected by the end of 2022, even though the market is ahead of that at this particular point. But um, I think that that obviously the 25 and uh, what their rate track expects and, of course, always the language of the the report, which will be replete with... um, worries about capacity pressures and rising house prices and all those things that the, the RBNZ is endeavouring to cool down. When we were talking about PMIs, we didn't talk about the UK. I mean, we talked, you know, they are somewhere between Europe mm. and, the, and, and the US. But, I mean, they're, they're not doing too badly. And obviously, uh, even though their they're, they're COVID case numbers are rising, we're not seeing fatalities rise. No. I, I mean, they could be positioned pretty well, couldn't they? Well, they are. I mean, I think we've been um, understandably cautious about the UK, given the headwinds from rising um, rising energy costs, and mm. of course the the uh, a company which has gone into just gone into administration over um, bold energy, over, um, en- yeah. bold yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? A million and a half um, yeah. customers there. But when you look at the PMIs, Phil, the Composite Index for the for the UK was. Fifty-seven point seven, so that's above the market version of US fifty-six point five and Europe at fifty-five point eight. So there's not not a lot, is there, distinct to distinguish the three in terms of level? You might say that the US, the UK is doing pretty pretty well given the headwinds that it has been facing. But all of them have been talking about two things. One is strong demand still, but also the um, continuing supply chain price pressures you know the word record was used a lot in all of the reports mm. uh, based on both on the cost inflation and uh, prices charged as well so um you know that 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 message is uh, is still very much there and a lot of those uh, those energy companies like bulb i mean they are pretty much energy companies really they're buying wholesale and selling retail and they were squeezing their margins too indeed, much indeed. you know it was indeed it was all about the retail margin wasn't it rather yeah. than anything to do with hedging yeah. um yeah. Uh, yeah. the price Not, of gas apart from the fact there wasn't enough hedging going on clearly look uh, oil <laughs> uh, what a failure this has been uh, the white house has uh, announced they're going to release 50 million barrels from strategic yes. reserve this is a coordinated move today. Uh, Korea, Japan, China, India, and the UK are going to be doing the same thing. Uh, but uh, Joe Biden was doing it, obviously, because he wanted to get oil prices down. <laughs> but it's yes. the exact opposite has happened. <laughs> hey, Joe, put them back in. Go, you know, build up your reserves. Well, Clearly, it's going the wrong way. Yeah, I looked at, uh, put my eyes down for a minute and looked back up at the screen, expecting to see Brent down maybe a dollar or two a barrel. Mm. And here we are, Brent at eighty two forty three. It's up nearly three dollars a barrel, two dollars seventy three. And I thought, what is going on? Um, but it seems, and it seems to be Phil. Two things: one is that um, you know they're going to be borrowing some some uh, some oil at some stage to replenish their reserves. Uh, concern about the size of the reserve reductions, and it's not just from the US, but also from China, India, the UK, South Korea, and Japan. And, of course, you've got the APEC meeting on December 2 coming up and uh, 
maybe a, 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 you know a half suspicion there that um, OPEC could actually reduce production, not increase production. So if mm. they're not on board, they're the they're the elephant in the room, aren't they? As far as the oil market is, well, they're pulling, is pulling against each other, aren't they? I mean, if that's the case, then they'll have to release even more reserve. I mean, they do have quite a bit in reserve, but uh, it yeah, it's whatever's whatever they're trying to do. It it's clearly not working, is it? Hasn't worked today, anyway. No, no. All right, now uh, we'll watch that with interest and see uh, the uh, the French INSEE business survey, the German IFO survey, mm. the CBI mm. manufacturing trends from the UK. So we've got lots of European data today. So the PMIs we are do. all positive. Are these going to be positive? And we've got some speakers from the ECB as well. So will they have changed their tune? I wonder. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I think, you know, all those industry surveys, they usually follow the trend of the PMIs, Phil, but no doubt there'll be some interesting qualitative assessments and so forth, um, as well as as well as well the headline numbers. And we've had, what, a deluge of central bank speakers today from both sides of the, of the policy spectrum, including in Europe, uh, who've been, I don't know whether you describe them as hawkish, but certainly not super dovish, you know, schnabel, uh, Klaus Knott from uh, the Dutch Central Bank and uh, McClough from um, the Irish Central Bank, you know, a little bit more balanced from those speakers. Owlish. But, um, we'll call them owlish, mm-hmm. the, the people in the middle. Owlish? Yeah, I think so. Sort of wise, okay. wise okay. and, uh, you know. Wise, wise, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could live with that. <laughs> um so, but it hasn't done a whole lot for the euro mm. uh, today. I mean, the market is just not letting go of that strong US dollar view at this time. Yeah. Oh, and finally, uh, Australian construction work. That's the numbers locally for, for the work done for Q3. I guess irrespective of what it is, it's where we go next, isn't it? And there's lots. It we does. know it is. there are big construction Absolutely. projects underway in, in Australia, the main include, not least of which, Indeed. of course, is the new airport in Western Sydney. And, of course, that uh, big new uh, LNG plant plant mm. in uh, northwest WA. So, that, yeah. of course, that'll, that'll take a long time to be done. Yeah, but no, it's not stopped. That's the main thing. All right, we'll leave it there. for you. And neither will we. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Great to talk. Uh, catch you again very soon, Dave. Thanks. Will do, Phil. All the best. Cheers. Yeah, nothing can stop us now. We've been doing this for five years. We're just about getting into the uh, routine of it, aren't we? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>